Sorry, folks, I was pretty boring this week and I did not get the time to write up a funny intro. So let's get into it and talk about nerdy shit. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Oddity Project. This week, Keith has the night off, so I got a special guest, a man who has known my mother longer than I have. His name is Jeremy, but you can call him Sheriff. This week, we're going to be talking about collectibles. He's a man who's got a lot of knowledge in it. We have a Facebook and a Patreon. I'll post the links in the episode description, so go ahead and check it out before we get started. Sheriff, where do you want people to support you and show you some love? Uh, you can find me on Solanaverse Art at Twitter. I think that's how it works, at Twitter. Something like you know that. what Twitter is. Yeah, you know how to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff's pretty big into that stuff, so show him some love support on there. I guess let's just go ahead and get started. Yeah, sure. When it comes to collectibles, what was your big introduction, and what was the first thing you began to collect? Um, the, the first memories I ever have of, of wanting to collect something, it sounds old fashioned because it is, and it was actually stamps. Um, I remember, and it's like one of my earliest memories, my great, great grandma Bickmore gave me some old stamps when I was little. She was probably in her mid nineties at the time. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. So I, you know, I tried to find stamps. What, you know, what she gave me were awesome old stamps. What I could find myself being a, you know, an eight or a nine-year-old was not cool stamps. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, I had some some stamps, and then that kind of fell off the collecting the stamps thing, and I started uh, started collecting baseball cards like every young man does, you know, collect some baseball cards. And then from there, I actually started comic books and started collecting comic books. And it wasn't really more or less collecting comic books. I was buying the comic books to read, and then I was collecting the comic book cards. So, you know, Marvel would put out a set of cards every year and DC would, and then like, like WWE cards. There was like a huge boom in card collecting in the '90s that, like, everyone needed a card. So that's where I started. I remember, probably like the early 2000s is when like baseball cards, all that stuff started really coming to an end. But I just remember like you couldn't go into even like a gas station and there'd be cards like everywhere like buy this booster pack buy this trading card pack like it was crazy how big it was in the 90s yeah do you still have a collection that you are presently expanding on mostly comic books uh, i did you know through my my teenage years collected a lot you know kept a lot kind of over the over the years was like nah comic books are for nerds i'm not a nerd i'm cool i could play guitar and it, uh, I would buy Guitar World magazine instead of comic books for, for quite a while. Maybe five five or six years ago, seven years ago, I, I uh, started reading comic books again just, just to pass the time and uh, started collecting comics again. And of course, when you're a kid, you know, you're reading these comic books and don't 
take care of them, <laughs> you know. So I would I would read them 10, 15, 30 times and then I would, you know, cut them up and put them on the wall, you know, put put posters on the wall of of my comic books, but then I, you know, started uh back into it again and and take way better care of my comics and you know, find find things that are more valuable or just things I like to read, but I have a a subscription and 99.9% of these comics will never have any value other than to read or to give to somebody else to read, but I still collect them. That's, that's part of it. You know, there's in the, in the collecting world, you've got pretty much two different types. You've got the collectors that, that collect for the love of collecting, got the collectors that uh, love the flip, grab it, sell it as quick as you can. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I do both. I, I will grab books to flip. And if I, if I find something that's extremely expensive and I can find it for cheap, I will, I will pick that up. If I have one in my collection, then I will, I will sell it for, you know, 10 times the amount of money I bought it for. I have no problem doing it. I've, I've got the, the book already. I don't need two or three. I'm, I'm collecting, not hoarding. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely going to be a difference when it comes to uh, collecting versus hoarding because you see some people who have these massive collections and it's borderline hoarding. It's like, is this becoming a problem? Like, you gotta you gotta find a way to correct a little bit of this mistake here, right? Has there ever been a hot ticket item you knew would fail quickly, but like, but people still bought into the frenzy, excluding baby like Beanie Babies? Like, everyone knew Beanie Babies was going to fail, and it did. Yeah, I uh, and I and I've actually you know fallen for this trap before too. You know, in the in the early '90s, of course, with with the comic books, um, and even now with with some comic books, you get this hype built up, super hype, and then all of these people buy this comic book to to feed into that that flip frenzy. Hardly ever work out because you've got the same idea as five million other people. And, you know, I bought, oh, 10 copies of, of the death of Superman. Cause I thought that was going to get me rich. You know, I didn't, and I wasn't the only one, you know, there was people lined out in front of the comic book stops shops for blocks to, to get copies of this. But, you know, they, it was like the most printed book. So it's, it's not rare at all. I've, I've probably got 40 of them in my collection cause I can go out and buy, um, comic books in bulk from from people on the internet and you know they they had the same idea too they they were gonna buy you know 40 copies of of the death of superman and and make a million dollars never did so they just sit in a box and sell them you know i could i could probably sell one copy every month for somebody that's just looking to grab it and you know, sell it for three dollars, where it was probably—I can't even remember the cover price on it—seventy-five cents, dollar fifty, something like that. Um, and then oversaturated the market entirely. Yeah, way oversaturated the market, and they—and they're—they're doing it again. You know that they—they overprint things, and then under they underprint some. So it's kind of a weird line between trying to figure out which book is going to be overprinted. Which book is going to be underprinted? Which book is going to be kind of held back from the the publishers and distributors because it was underprinted? And you know, if your comic book shop only gets one 
or two or three copies of the 20 they ordered, they're not the only one. You know, every comic shop only gets one, two, three copies of whatever they've, <clears throat> excuse me, ordered. But um, there's also the Pokemon cards, uh, huge, like, uh, and, you know, even working with, uh, with John at Heebie-Jeebies, you know, you would watch Pokemon kids come in. You know, kids would come in to buy Pokemon cards and play the game. They loved it. They weren't buying these cards to collect. You know, they, they were buying Pokemon cards to play Pokemon with their friends. And and I would, without fail, every every time something new would release, you would have a, a line of adults out the door, you know, trying to trying to come in right before you open to to buy the new set because some youtuber somewhere has been all of a sudden shilling pokemon cards like oh i made a million dollars on this pokemon card no you didn't <laughs> you know but they're they're making money on on what we call fomo that is fear of missing out so right. you know they they make you they make all these other people you know fear that they're going to miss out on something new, something shiny. And so, you know, there were like fights breaking out in Walmarts and Targets. And, you know, the, the, these places said, you know what? You can only have one per person. When they're gone, they're gone. That's it. One, one pack per person. And, and it, I felt bad because, you know, these kids that used to come in and, and buy their Pokemon cards to play Pokemon couldn't get them because adults were coming in and buying them. And they, that in turn raises the price on it. You know, the the demand just went up, and you know you can you can charge way more for for something. Maybe retail value or MSRP is is five dollars on that pack, but as soon as eight thousand people are lined up out your door, that that five dollar pack is now a twenty five dollar pack, and the adults can can pay for that. The kids can't. Right, so you know, and I don't know if it's still going on because I haven't worked with John in a while. And but I haven't seen nearly as many ads or people talking about, oh, we need Pokemon cards. This is the next, the next pack coming out. You got to get these, you know. <laughs> so that was, you know, that's kind of a fizzling out. I think I used to see a lot of Pokemon pack opening shit like all over social media, and people would be like oh i think i can get the rare card on this one this card's worth this much and it's like who's actually setting the value of this rare card like i remember years ago uh, i had some friends and they were talking about their old pokemon cards and they went through their collections and they were like they were they were basing their value off of uh ebay but they weren't even going to cards that sold they were going they were looking up the card Mind you, they'd have like the second or third print of the card and people are asking like $65,000 for this one specific card. I believe it was a Charizard, like first edition, first print, because there was uh, a problem with the ink and it caused a shadow on some part of the card. And so it was super rare that you would ever find this and people are like, up oh, $65,000, that's what you're going to get for it. Or that's what I'm going to ask for it. And so people are like, oh, this is the this is the value because this is what eBay says. And it's like. No, that's because people are valuing their own property at that. It doesn't mean that that's actually the value. So I think, like you'd said, that fear of missing out. Do you think that's where a lot of that actually comes from, is people self-valuing their own property? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, and we, we, we will point on this this a little bit later about 
following current trends and you know like if something has value to you and if something has value to somebody else you aren't going to get the same value out of something that somebody else does but there are ways to see like a, an intrinsic value on a certain collectible by going to eBay that is that is one of the the biggest conglomerations of of people that are buying collectibles is eBay so they but like you said they're looking at you know what somebody wants for that not what somebody has bought that for and then you've got to watch out for specifics like what edition is it is it uh first edition is it second edition is it a beta card is it you know there's there's all sorts of little tiny details you need to look at um so that you don't get shafted <laughs> what things or items would you recommend for people who are looking to start a new collection or just getting into collecting altogether collect what you want that's that is the biggest biggest piece of advice i can give if you collect what you want to collect, like things you love, things you like, then you're never going to worry about, oh, how much money can I get for this? Or how much am I going to have to spend on this? If it's something you want, then that's, that's good. Go for it. If, it's, if you're getting into collecting to, to do the flip, buy this and flip, you're, you're not necessarily collecting. But, you know, there's, there's things where you can start. There's, there's, hot wheels there's magic the gathering cards pokemon cards comic books coins stamps art funko pops you know these are all very very you know beginner friendly market friendly you know i can walk into target and buy 60 different pop figures for cheap you know super cheap watch them they'll they go on sale at walmart you walk down uh one of my favorite aisles in Walmart is is the uh, the discount aisle that that they've got, and you'll find Funko Pops for two or three dollars. That you know, I have no idea who any of these people are, you know, but but somebody will want them, and then you can quickly find out what they are. You know, just bring up your phone, look up eBay sold listings, and and see, you know, did did that Funko Pop sell for for two dollars plus shipping? You got to count that in, or did it sell for for twenty five dollars and buy it for three? That's that's a quick flip. Um, yeah, if the you, good old clearance section at Walmart. Yep, you can find some good it. stuff down there sometimes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. For Broken sure. Light fixtures, action figures <laughs> that are missing a leg. Yeah. Yep. Carpet for some reason, you know, just some random, random pattern <laughs> on a carpet. Based upon the last answers. What sources do you have or know of that look into to help guide them for their beginning or part of their next set of collections? Not just going to Walmart to the clearance section, but... <laughs> yeah, um, like eBay for sure. eBay is one of them. eBay is going to be pretty oversaturated though, but that's why it is like the best place to get prices on things is because you can look up sold listings and, and see this item... You know, we'll just we'll just say uh, this comic book. I've got say New Mutants ninety eight. That's uh, that's one I'm trying to get into my collection. You know, really really good copy that I don't have yet. I have every single other New Mutants comic book, but but this one because it's the first appearance of Deadpool. You can look that up and watch the trends. 
Uh, so you can say, this guy is selling New Mutants 98 in perfect condition. It's graded by a comic book company, you know, a, a grading company at a 9.8. It's it's pristine. He's selling in this copy for $1,000. Oh, damn. And then, yeah, well, just that's, yeah. I don't know what it's going for right now. I haven't watched because... I'm uh, I'm collecting debt right now so that I've got to start paying off, you know. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's my perfect collection right there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, then you go on to like the sold listings, and then you'll find you can the same same exact book graded nine point eight, uh, sold for six hundred dollars. You'll find one that sold for. $300. You'll find one that sold for $200. So you got to think, which one is it? You go buy it, you go and look and, and see when, when those sold. Is there a demand for it? Is there a demand for Newton Mutants 98? And anytime there's a, a movie coming out or something that, that says that it, it'll boost that price up and it'll go up and it'll go down. So look and see what people are paying that day, not necessarily what people have paid for it. Because that you know somebody could have bought that book for eighteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, and now they realize that they bought at the top of the hype, and they're never going to get that back. So they're trying to recoup some money. So they may sell it for a thousand dollars. Then, other than eBay, you've got uh, we have it here, but a lot of people don't. It's KSL.com, and then uh, we also have Craigslist, which isn't used a whole lot here, but is used all over the country way more than KSL.com is. So oh, you can for go sure. to those, yeah. You can go to those places and find um, not necessarily collectibles, but things people are selling that may have collectibles in them. Uh, you know, I've I've found uh, estate sales and stuff that that you know. You look through the pictures and you'll you'll spot it if you know what you're looking for. You'll you'll see a a, a box of comics. You know, the the big white box that's sitting under somebody's table. It's just just happens to be there, and and you're like, ah, oh, I can go to that estate sale, and I can, I can bid on that. And it's not, I mean, with comics, I bet every estate sale or auction I've been to, there has been somebody else there looking at those comics, so they see in it too. <laughs> you know, they know what they're looking for. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, phone apps. There's uh, like, if you're into collecting books, just regular books, there's an app that you can get to scan the barcodes on books, and it will tell you exactly what book that is, how much it's worth, what it's selling for on Amazon. So, so you can buy books from these other places and then and flip them on Amazon, list them on Amazon. You know, this is this book, this is this book, and then you have to ship it out. It's not like it goes to the Amazon warehouse like some of the other stuff, but. Right, definitely. That's another good tool, yeah. Look for look for apps, things you can carry with you to check prices instantly, or things that you can carry with you that, that give you a lot of information instantly. Because, like we said with the Pokemon, you know, they may have, you know, your friends had a Charizard, could have been from the tenth generation, but anyone that's just starting isn't going to know what differences to look for. So get a like an app that that will tell you all of those specifics about those kinds of things. And there are, if you're into to collecting, I will guarantee there is an app for whatever you are collecting. Is there something you wish you could own that is not necessarily a part of a collection you have, but is still a collectible you would love to have one day? Uh, 74 Corvette Stingray convertible with a 454, either white with black leather interior 
or red black leather interior because there's only like 200 of those made or something <laughs> i will be sure to put that on your, uh, your christmas list right <laughs> i'll put it into a fund sheriff's corvette right i i yeah i can't collect cars but i would love to have you know that that specific car and there, there's there's a stupid reason behind it oh let's but, hear it yeah um it comes down to auctions you know like like my parents and and i've been going to auctions for as long as i can remember our our friends own an auction company and uh i was i think 14 years old we went to an auto auction up in idaho just to help out you would have people drive the cars up people would bid on them and then you had to go around and drive like around a block and bring the car back to to where it was going to be parked and so i was doing that you know i was helping them at 14 years old i don't have a driver's license you know? and uh one of the cars i got to drive was was a, a 74 corvette with a 454 in it i was like i just just sitting in it i fell in love <laughs> you know with that car man i need one of these you hop on some forza horizon and that's the car you want to start racing i doubt it's a good race car <laughs> no i don't even know if it's on the new one but... yeah i mean back in the day it would have been you know a sweet sweet ride but you know i just i just want one just for the the nostalgia of finally having it yeah bet they're not cheap either i yeah, I haven't looked in a long time to see what they're going for. I'm I'm sure in the the thirty, the sixty thousand dollar range, probably easily for for a garbage one, for a junk one that doesn't run. You know. <laughs> well, let's see here. I'm on uh, I'm on the good old Google. Get the Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> um, here's a yellow one for sale, but it's not the convertible. Oh, here's a red convertible. With the with, 454 or with the 350? Um, it does not say. I mean, oh, it's in Texas. I don't see that it says anything about the engine. It's got a 650 Edelbrock carburetor in it. Ooh. 69,000 miles on it. 69? Oh, this is the, the 74? Yeah. No, this is 69,000 miles. Yeah, 69,000 miles. It Perfect. has... <laughs> yeah, never drive it. Just leave it. The interior is burgundy, though. That one's only going uh, for 17,000, so it's probably not the 454. I've got spray paint. Oh, uh, yeah. Great way to up the value on a classic car. <laughs> Throw some <laughs> spray paint on it. I'm not seeing anything with the 454. Maybe. Here's uh, an ice white one with that interior you're looking for. Uh, the 350 on this one on the engine, but it's got a a turbo. See, we can we can make that happen. It's only fifty thousand dollars, right? I think this one's in Texas too. Oh no, nope, Illinois. Vehicle valuation analysis. Seventy four. Chevrolet Corvette C3 valuation perfect condition 21,000 to 74,800. That's not too terrible on the overall price. I was yeah. expecting something like 
$120,000 up to $400,000 because you see some of these classic cars that just they hold that value and they go through the roof on some of their prices. Oh, it looks like that that $74,000 one sold in uh, 2005. (laughs) Yeah, the highest one sold this year was uh, 50,000. All right. Now that we're off topic, let's get back to it. (laughs) We probably already touched base on this, but in your opinion, which collectible has seen the biggest growth and has ruined the market entirely? Yeah, uh, Pokemon cards there for for a little while, for sure. And I'm sure the market is still ruined. Um, But also, NFTs has huge growth right now. So that's, um, that's going wild. And it's all over. And it was like even bigger six months to a year ago. Um, it's it's slowly dwindling down now, um, but I mean it is still it is still running pretty quick. You know, lots of lots of NFTs going on. Um, I think on where where I have mine, we won't go too much into it because that's that's a topic that could take five episodes. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, that's, the NFT that's market. Really time. Yeah, um, but the one I'm in, Solana, is basically run by nfts you know nothing else is really happening on that chain except the buying and trading of nfts so it's its market is completely just saturated and that's the only thing it's good for right now which makes me money so i'm all right with that yeah can't complain if you're doing little work to make big rewards do you have any recommendations on things to stay away from when it comes to collecting like not necessarily buying and flipping but just things that Overall, it's not really a collectible because it, the market was so oversaturated at one point with it. Yeah, especially if something says special edition or if it says collectible on it, it is neither a special edition nor. That is like one of the, the keywords that they use to make you FOMO in, fear of missing out. You know, oh, this special edition Lord of the Rings, you know, it may be a special edition. It may come with an extra dvd in there but it is not rare by any means it is not you know but at the same time you want to collect every piece of lord of the rings memorabilia that you can get your hands on go for it but don't buy it just because it says special edition don't buy it just because it says collector's edition um because rarely is a collector's edition ever really a collector's edition it's just a way to make some more money off of you um, the second thing I would say is if you're if you're starting out and and buying collectibles, don't don't buy from other collectors. Buy from regular people. You know, look at those those Facebook ads, those um, Craigslist ads. Buy from regular people that are just trying to sell things. Go to flea markets. Go to swap meets. Go to art sales and 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 look in and dig in and and put in the work to to find what you're looking for. That way you have a better idea of of what you want. Have a budget too. Don't just be like, oh, I'm going to spend every penny I have on something. Make sure you budget that shit because it can get out of hand as we were talking earlier. Just piling piles of stuff. You know, they love this stuff and it's all in piles, but they're, they're it's a good chunk of change they've probably 
spent on all. Go to Facebook Marketplace and look for people who have recently kicked their spouse out of the house and be like, yep, I'm selling all their shit for cheap. <laughs> right. That's where you're going to get the high value out of your collectibles. I'll come pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Yeah. That, then also like with that, um, if you're, if you do find something on, on Facebook marketplace or on Craigslist or, you know, make sure that if you're, if you're going to meet them, meet them in, in a police station or a, a public area. People in the collecting world are shady. They can be they can be pretty shady and try to rip you off. And just make sure they have what you are actually looking, for. not something that they say this is what you're looking for. But make sure it is what it is. And and before you even leave or, or exchange money with somebody, make sure that that is exactly what you're looking for. And I mean, sometimes counterfeits are hard to spot and. You're not going to catch a counterfeit 100% of the time. It happens, but just do your due diligence. Possibly research the item fully before you decide to go pick it up or anything like that. So you can look out for those counterfeit markings. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing to see on the market anywhere? If it's online or swap meets, yard sales, anything like that. doesn't have to necessarily be something that you care for personally want but something that you still you're happy to see that there is still a market for um i i think uh comic books not necessarily like new new comic books but like your older silver age to you know golden age to bronze age that aren't really worth much not because they're they're not keys but those those books that that are kind of a uh, a classic a story from years ago, pick up old copies of, of Silver Surfer dollars, you know, a couple dollars, read them. They're, they're great. You know, I love to see that kind of stuff that what other people think is garbage or dreck, you know, bottom of the barrel comics, you know, dollar books. I, I put together packages of dollar books because I'll, I'll buy them by in the bulk. I will buy 25 long boxes of comics in a day maybe two or three or four of them I am interested in my collection, two or three or four of them I am interested in to sell to make my money back. Rest are just dollar comics, but they're fantastic to read. Not only that, but they're fantastic to give to kids. They're fantastic to give to people to make art projects out of, uh, like decoupage comic book walls and, and bookcases and stuff like that. I'm glad to see that you're still into the, whole comic book trend and all that stuff not that i hate on it by any means because i i was big into it for a while there just other interests came up but i'm I'm always happy to see that the comic book world is still thriving pretty good yeah it is and and um i've i've gotten more into instead of collecting single issues i still do that but i will wait till the trade paperback comes out collect the, the graphic novel or trade paperback which is a collection of of six to twelve comic book you know storyline and that's what i read i you know i have the single issues and those go my comic room <laughs> my nerd your whole room dedicated to comic books <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that your shed <laughs> yeah the whole storage shed dedicated to comic books it's, I, yeah it's wall to wall you know floor to ceiling boxes of comics i collect them and then they you know the single issues go over there you know if i see something that i I, I might like to read, like if it's a number one issue, I'll read it. Um, 
And then if it's good, I'll keep it on my my pull list. If it's not, I'll I'll call John and be like, I don't want this. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait for the graphic novel to come. Last one here. We probably already answered it within the last couple of questions. But is there something that you are hoping to see that makes a big comeback when it comes to the collecting world? Actually, I thought I'd I'd answer this one. Yeah, that's what I was like. Kind I of, probably already did answer it, but kind of, but not really. I uh, I I went with a a different approach on this one because we kind of answered, you know, physically, tangibly in the other one. Uh, for this, I I say a sense of normalcy. Come back to the collection world. You got you got shows on TV just show outrageous finds, antiques roadshow. Somebody shows up with pencil sketch drawing that they've had given to them by their great 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 grandma 99.9 percent of the time that's just going to be a pencil sketch drawing by somebody's great 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 grandma and isn't going to be worth anything to necessarily a huge collector it may be worth something to the family for sure when the ones they show on tv are going to be the oh this is worth nine hundred thousand dollars it's it's not it's going to be worth 25 bucks you know that's that's the kind of things that it it, it does it creates another form of of fomo you know you watch the uh junkyard wars and then is that the is it the junkyard wars that they go through and and find old cars i can't remember <laughs> oh um, something like that i don't yeah. watch much of that stuff anymore i mean years ago yeah, I I my grandparents we watched that stuff all the time but right right old people watch this stuff <laughs> But then, you know, there's the store storage storage wars or whatever and and house flipper, you know, are, are that that kind of thing where it, they take they've gotta be scripted. They have to be. Because oh, every single episode somebody pays a hundred dollars for for something and then they find something worth a hundred thousand dollars in there. And it's every single episode. And then that's just not the case. It really it really never is the case for normal people to go out and find something. It does happen on occasion, but it's like one in a million. It's not once every episode. It's not once every week. It is, it is not even close to that. So I want to yeah. kind of see a sense of normalcy come back to, to the collecting world where it's not just people. People are hard up for cash. I get it. You know, they, they want to make their quick buck, but this is, it's not a way to do it. Just throwing money at, at stuff that, that you're hoping for a chance at a lottery, you know, you might as well just go buy lottery tickets and collect old lottery ticket stubs because unless you have an actual love for what you're collecting and an actual reason to have these, maybe to hand them down to, you know, your, your kids or sell them, you know, you've, you've had your love of them, sell them because you got to pay for college, that kind of things with these, with some of these older collectibles that you hold on to. The quick flip is is fun. It's fast and it's easy money. Most of the time, it's it's literally slow fun, but but it's not a quick flip. If you know what I mean, it it's kind of a you have to to judge that just right to to get something, make a quick flip, and then and then back out of it. Um, but it's addicting. You know, it's a hit of dopamine when you when you buy something for for five bucks sell it for 10 and and i'm not just talking about buy something for 100 bucks and sell it for a hundred thousand i'm you know these little little bits of you know make a little bit of money here make 20 or 30 times a day can add up but it's not normal 
And especially now that like the price of everything is going up dramatically, people want more for their their collectibles. People can't afford your collectibles, you know. And that's why, you know, I said earlier, have a budget. Because if you go over that budget, it can get pretty dangerous pretty quick. Oh, definitely. And you've mentioned too, like pretty much watching the market, seeing like eBay and like Craigslist, you know, here you said we had KSL, but like watch the market a little bit too as you're getting into collecting and buying and selling and stuff like that. Because if you go for that quick flip, you're not going to be, if you're trying to make money off of it, if you're going for the quick route, you might not get the most value out of it if you're in the wrong part of the market. Right, for sure. That's my understanding of how you kind of explained it too. And and there's like other things we could go into about sites like Mercari. Uh, have you used Mercari? Mercari? I haven't, but I know you've talked about it when it came to selling your comics. Yeah, like I I could I could list on Mercari, and it's it's good. It's all right, and for buyers, it's great. Sellers, not so much, because if anything goes wrong, Mercari is always going to side buyer because that's where they make their money they don't make money from me selling something they do a little bit but they make money on like a fee like it cost me say two percent or whatever might even be up more now it used to be low that's why i loved mercari because i could list comic books you know three for three for three dollars so dollar comic books on there and sell a bunch of them you know make the the person pay for shipping but if that person complains and your rating drops you don't get shown to as many people and, and people will complain. Like, like I could literally 20 pictures of comic books in the shape they're in. I could describe them, but that's what you get is because it's, it's a lot of flippers trying to compete with other flippers. And then they're trying to buy things from flippers that already know what they have. And they're nah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sell that to you because, you know, I can get more money out of it. And you'll have to deal with a lot of like asking questions just that are already answered. So I'll three bucks for three dollars. You pay the shipping, which come to like another three dollars. So they'll they'll be like, "Can you offer free shipping?" No, because <laughs> it's going to cost me three dollars to ship these books that you just paid three dollars for. So that's a wash in itself. But on top of that, Mercari is going to take a cut. So there, you're you're I'm basically paying to send you my books i don't think so that's where you got to watch you know kind of some of these things as a seller but as a buyer you've got all the power on mercari if you if you know you like something and even though it may be listed in that description that you know this book has a a mark on the top cover uh, if i buy it and i you know i see that top mark and i'm not happy with it but i paid for it i can i can return it and mercari is going to side with me the buyer no matter what they want they want buyers they don't want sellers they want more buyers seems a bit shady but uh, they want, they're after their business. money so yeah it's business and they they've they've got an app they have to they have to pay employees they have to pay for you know whatever it costs i'm not sure you know to to have an app fully functioning at that level same with ebay you know ebay is always 99 percent of the time gonna side with a buyer not a not a seller that's crazy to think too because it's like uh it's basically an open market an open auction house and sellers putting more trust into the platform to get their product or whatever you want to label it as out there and then someone can come back and just easily complain and then it's like now you're screwed completely because 
you're out the money that you invested into it. You're out the money, potentially even shipping, depending on how the situation ends up. And then sometimes you're not even going to get the product back in the same condition that you shipped it out in because who knows if it was in transit or if it was the buyer who damaged it just to get their money back. Yeah, that's that's another thing. If it's if it's a an issue with shipping, like if something was ruined in shipping, you have to file a complaint. You better hope you had insurance on it. If it's a if it's three dollar books, I'm not going to put insurance on it. You know, I guess if it if it's ruined, they're already bottom of the barrel books. You know, not to not to put them down. You know, it's good to read. It's good. You know, if you want a couple books, if you want an art project, it's great. But you're not buying 9.8 graded keys here. You know, if that's what you thought you were getting. Sorry, but that's that's how buyers are. You know, that's how a lot of those buyers are. They think because they're looking for that that uh, once in a lifetime thing that happens every week on TV too. They're thinking they're going to get something that that they may have, have spotted something. And I've done it. I've I've been on eBay and I've I've seen pictures of people selling comic books they collected in the 90s that aren't worth. You know they'll they'll go and and look through three or four of them and and price check them somewhere no idea where, and and see that they're not really worth anything, oversaturated at a time. But there may be one or two books in that collection that I can I can spot and be like okay that's worth it, and get those books in. It happens, but not a lot. And then again, I'm buying you know I'm paying for. 25 books in this this guy's collection he's that he's had in this closet but i only want two of them so what do i do with the other the other books i sell them for a couple bucks or they go in my my shed <laughs> and sit so my friends show up i'm like you want some comic books <laughs> come dig through this your, your brother <laughs> i'm pretty sure last time he came over he spent like five and a half hours just digging through the comic book like, can I have these? I'm like, yeah, they're yours. Oh yeah, my brother is a uh, a comic book freak. He yeah. goes crazy over them. Yeah, and he's he's an entirely different collector too. Uh, he he knows exactly what type of thing he is for, and it is not it is not superheroes. It is not no. that kind of thing. It is it is the most bizarre stuff that came out in comic books and he loves it. And that's great. You know, that's what he likes. That's his passion. Try to try to get him a, a superhero comic book. He's like, nah, <laughs> give him, give him something that was drawn by a monkey. <laughs> and, uh, and is like, you know, the, the poet that, that typed just random stuff. And he's like, that's the one I want. He's always after the <laughs> most, Oh, I just had the word on the tip of my tongue. Just not even odd, just very bizarre. Yeah, like, <laughs> eccentric. Yeah. yeah, you're like okay, like you know. I'm glad that you have a passion that you're behind it. He used to love Deadpool, and then all of a sudden there was that major Deadpool boom, and it was like kids were wearing Deadpool shirts and dressing up as Deadpool for Halloween. And then I think oh. that was when my brother was like, "No, I'm done with it because Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool is not." Like, <laughs> yeah. Deadpool is not a kid's thing, and they're taking it a little too far. Yeah, and it, and they've definitely made it a kid's thing, you know. Like, right before the big uh, Marvel boom and DC boom, it was like, superheroes were cool to look into, and then, I mean, now that you have the big multiverse of everything that is Marvel, it's just, I can get it. Like, it's so oversaturated, and everyone's into it. 
and it's so it's like the meta now you can't yeah. go anywhere without seeing anything marvel or dc and so those oddball eccentric things that are the same fashion but stand out they're different like those are a lot funner to actually look at there's a smaller market for it but it's unique yeah for sure and that's you know one of my main focuses on on the comic collecting now um is independent stuff that isn't superhero stuff i mean i still collect you know batman and spider-man on occasion that's and deadpool um but 90 percent of it is is going to be the independent stuff and and you know in in comic world when you say independent it's not necessarily independent you know because image comics is huge you know but they're considered they're not they're not marvel they're not dc that's it marvel and dc everything else is considered independent but you know i'll collect those because the stories are much more real to me they're they make much more sense to me they're more geared towards adults not not necessarily you know adults but they're not they're they have real life issues and stuff like that that i i still enjoy the hell out of batman spider-man deadpool but sometimes i i just want to read about vikings their bloodlust <laughs> you know i don't necessarily need to watch batman swing from building to building Spider-Man swing from building to building and Deadpool swing from building to building. It's fun, but sometimes I need something a little different. You need something that's not so already like built up and there's so much lineage and history behind it. You want something smaller that might not have the same following so you can expect something different out of it. Yeah. And it's not yeah. always, well, this guy's at some point is going to get his ass kicked and then he's going to come back and he's going to win. Sometimes with those smaller independent style comics you don't know what the fuck's going on because there's not anything that's already established for the story or for the characters so it's nice seeing something fresh yeah for sure and even you know and sometimes they'll just throw you for a loop you know these these uh independent comics there's there's one i've got and I, it's called uh plastic and when i heard the concept i was like how bizarre i need to read this I'll, I'll just give you a, a little snippet of the concept. It's, it's about an ex-serial killer whose wife is kidnapped by a mob boss, which doesn't sound that implausible, right? But his right. wife happens to be a blow-up doll. Oh. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> then, then that's what throws the wrench into the gears. And you're like, okay, let's, let's, let's see what this has. And it's good. You know, it really is. The guy's nuts that's basically it the guy is insane and you you follow his little story arc trying to get his wife back from these mob bosses that kidnapped blow up doll i'm gonna have to check this out yeah, i've got a copy here you can borrow it well you're not too far away from me so maybe i'll swing by and grab it one day yeah. or just sit in my car and read it and hand it back to you yeah right <laughs> um Noct Noctera, that's another new one that came out. Um, and they're they're still continuing the series and it's um it's about basically all of the lights in the world went out. And so collections of people people collect where there is like places that have generated power. If you go out into the dark though, you have a chance to turn into a monster. So there's like like 
people that travel from from place to place but they're in like these giant big rigs that have lights connected to them and batteries and that you know it's the whole world is just neon vegas in little specific parts of the country that that people are trying to get to from one place to another and there's there's a whole another storyline there that that i won't go into because it's, it's a good i'm about to check that out. that actually sounds pretty cool uh, i haven't done a whole lot of comic book reading in a long time i know my oldest she was really big into moon knight because disney released that series and uh-huh. moon knight for a long time was like my favorite of the comics to collect i yeah. think i have the volume one omnibus or some shit like that yeah. so i was like here check these out you can read them and then i don't think she has i think they're still sitting in a pile underneath other stuff on her desk but i was like moon knight was like my big introduction into the comic book world where i really started to get behind it because it was the fun part about moon knight was it was a guy with schizophrenia and he was multiple people at all the time and it's it was just fun seeing the story arc with that but yeah, yeah. He's, I he's need to get into nuts stuff. too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was. I'll definitely. I need to get more into it a little bit. Invest some here and there. Get yeah. some of these off kilter books because those are always fun. Did you ever get into Stray Bullets? Uh, I'm trying to remember Stray Bullets. Um, I think I when that. I got into it, it was series five. But like each run is a different story arc. But they were just so wild and out there. They were fun. I think yeah. there's like a complete series now you can get. Yeah, I I remember seeing the name, but I don't think I've read that one. Uh, that's a fun one to get into. Yeah, and that's uh, Something's Killing the Children. That's a really good one, too. And that one. So I was really surprised with that because because it was it was one of those. This is a new book coming out. I'm going to. I'm going to put it on my list because it sounds interesting. And then like I get the first, you know, five or six or seven books. And and then I read the first two and then I was like, okay, I like this. I'm going to wait for the, the paperback, the, the hard, not the hard. I mean, I do have a hard cover, but <laughs> that's a different point. And that's because I collect it. Um, but I, uh, I was just, on eBay, you know, collecting or checking, checking books or looking at one of my apps and that, that book came out and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good book. And I look at the price and like graded a 9.8, it's, it's going for $1,200 on, on eBay. I'm like, what? And then, Jesus. you know, yeah. So I sold it. <laughs> like I sold like the first two or three in a group because by that time I'd had the, the paperback, you know, the, the trade paperback. I've read it, you know, somebody else can can enjoy it and i will make a thousand dollars off of it i didn't because mine wasn't graded but right and then that's you the know, hard part out, too is yeah, if just, you don't it, have something graded you're not going to get the full value yeah and it, and it surprised me because it was just out of nowhere like i was like yeah this is cool and i hadn't heard anyone talking about the book i hadn't heard anything about a movie that's another one you know, buy buy the rumor sell the news I think that's what it's how it goes you know i didn't hear any rumors of movies but but people that really liked the storyline started started getting this book and it wasn't well received when it came out because it's a book called something is killing the children yeah you, know, so you, can you see gotta it. yeah and so i don't think so i think a lot of people just kind of ignored it when it came out and then so there was a scarcity of those first couple episodes and now there's you know a spin-off and 
that. So, but I've I've got the whole run of something's killing the children minus the first three books because I sold them, and I'm not going to buy those back because it's the price dips. Then I might. But <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. yeah. But that's uh, that's I've I'm I've got every single issue of New Mutants from one to a hundred except for number ninety eight. That's the first appearance of Deadpool because it's too expensive for me right now. And and I'll get that one day. Yeah, pretty rich for your blood. Yeah, and I've gotten every single one of those books by um, going to yard sales, uh, finding them in dollar bins, and like looking on on eBay listings for random random books, and that they happen to be in them. So I've collected every single one of those from somebody else that that is just selling stuff not i didn't go into the shop and buy all all of those books that's been a slow collection over the last several years because that's you know that's kind of what i wanted i wanted to complete one set and i loved new mutants you know in the in the 90s that was like one of the first ones i picked up was was the new mutants and it was it was when x-men kind of stopped being x-men and and xavier went and got these new students and they were called the new mutants and that was my my jam back in the day, as the kids would say. <laughs> I think that they still say that sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, good. <laughs> I think it's I think it's still part of the uh, vernacular. No cap. No, we we won't go that far. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's all for my list. Do you have anything else you really want to add on? Um. Yeah. I I probably rambled a lot, but that's okay. You'll you'll listen to it anyway. Yeah, I got to edit it. So personally, we'll listen to it 40 or 50 times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, just collect what you love to collect. And don't let anyone else tell you that that's stupid. Do what you want to do. If you're going to collect to make a quick buck, do it in the right way. If you're going to collect because you have the enjoyment, do it in the right way as well. Well, there you have it, folks. That was... My cousin Sheriff, or you can call him Jeremy, but we just call him Sheriff. I honestly don't even know where the nickname comes from, but I've known him as Sheriff my whole life. But that'll do it for this episode. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Patreon. We are working on getting some content uploaded to our third tier for Patreon, so be sure to check that out once we get it uploaded. Anything else you want to plug out there, Sheriff? Uh, Yeah, go ahead and uh, check out Solaniverse Art on Twitter. Uh, it's mostly an NFT page from some of my collections. And then uh, from there, you can find my link tree and it'll it'll send you to all sorts of other weird places, I'm sure. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. Be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. Do us a favor. Go over to Patreon. Check out the tier listings we have. See which one fits your needs. Until next time.